Welcome to the Smart Weight Loss Coaching Podcast. I'm Dr. Lisa Olson, a board-certified weight loss medicine specialist and certified life coach. In this podcast, I'll share fresh insights and effective techniques for incorporating mindset, habit change, and proven science into your life. Are you ready to achieve sustainable weight loss, wellness, and longevity? Then let's jump in and lose weight the smart way. Today's podcast episode is called Honor Your Self-Care Like It's a Mammogram Appointment. I'm going to share a five-step process for creating more time to prioritize your weight loss. Let me ask you this question about how we prioritize things in our ever-hectic, busy lives. Has your to-do list ever been so long that you've canceled your mammogram? Or have you ever canceled an appointment to get your roots touched up at the hair salon simply because work was too busy? How about picking up your child from kindergarten? Did you ever just blow that off and let your kid wait in front of the school for an hour because you just didn't have time to fit school pickup into your day? No, no, and no, right? Of course not. Nobody's leaving their kindergartner alone at school pickup, and I certainly hope you're not blowing off your mammogram. There are certain things in life that we make a priority. They're non-negotiable. We block time for them in our schedules and we honor those commitments. We get to choose which things are worthy of that degree of dedication. There are some people who prioritize exercise that way. They get up early and work out, even when they don't feel like it. Or they make their own healthy lunch to bring to work every single day, even if their mornings are hectic. Those things have a time block on the calendar that's indelible. It cannot be erased. What would it take to make taking care of your health and weight an actual priority in your life? For most of us, it's a priority in our brains, but not on our calendars. What would it take to get you to plug in self-care time on your calendar every day? So many of us say we want to lose weight and get healthy, but if that's true, then we have to decide to prioritize our own self-care and take action based on that decision. You might be thinking, I'm just too swamped to prioritize weight loss. It's not a one and done like a mammogram or school pickup. It requires time, patience, and showing up again and again and again for ourselves. Most of us just aren't accustomed to putting ourselves first repeatedly. But doing that isn't selfish. In the long run, you can better show up for the things and the people you care about when you're feeling strong, fit, and energized. Let's unpack that a bit more, shall we? I used to be so busy all of the time, and sometimes I still catch myself feeling stretched thin or overwhelmed by my to-do list. It took a lot of time to recognize that just because an opportunity was offered to me didn't mean I had to accept it. And just because I was invited to join a committee or attend a group didn't mean it should immediately displace what little me time I had. Saying yes all of the time is a form of toxic people-pleasing. It's nice to be helpful, of course, but not at the expense of our self-care, There are only so many hours in a day. 
Sometimes we're putting ourselves last without even realizing it. Here's an example. My mom is retired and was doing some volunteer work at a local senior center where the seniors can buy and eat lunch. Even though she's in her 70s, my mom can really hustle and she likes to move fast. So she's got a great work ethic at the lunch station. They love her there. She really moves things along. So they asked if they could pay her so they could consistently have her on the schedule, especially to cover when other employees were out on vacation. Two days a week turned into three, and that often led to four or even five. I don't even want to know if it's bumped up to five days a week, to be honest, but last I heard, it was four. Suddenly, mom's retirement was filled with a busy work schedule, and she had to start declining things she wanted to do like taking an impromptu bike ride with some friends. She was so busy trying to be helpful at her job that she had essentially given up the perks of retirement, like time with friends and family, time to exercise throughout the day, time to cook healthy meals, and less stress. And when she had family coming into town to visit recently, she didn't feel she could ask for time off because she was a fairly new employee and there was no one to cover for her. Sound familiar? Mom is what I call a helper, always helping others, often at her own expense. Many of us are helpers. We don't mind helping. We want to help. And yet that means we put ourselves last on the priority list, giving away all of our time and energy to support others without putting on our own oxygen masks first. When we find ourselves overwhelmed with tasks, our self-care flies out the window. And by the way, when I talk about self-care, I'm not necessarily talking about manicures and bubble baths, although if that's how you take care of yourself, you go, girl. That's fantastic. When I think about the self-care that drops off when I get overscheduled, it's things like my favorite dance class that I stopped attending. I make fewer homemade meals, and I go out for dinner or order in a bit more. I skip my morning walk, or I neglect getting together with family and friends as much as I'd like. I find myself sitting at my computer in the evening working instead of pulling out Uno cards and suggesting family game night. It drives me bananas when I do that because it's not aligned with who I want to be. Who decides what gets prioritized on your calendar? You do, right? Or maybe it doesn't feel that way to you, but think about it. You're the boss. Everything you enter on your calendar or put on your to-do list is a choice, whether it feels like it or not. Sometimes we tell ourselves that we don't have a choice, that we have to attend certain meetings or clean our house before people come over or mow our lawn before the neighbors gasp in horror or take on an extra project at work because no one else is willing to do it. And how about the way we take our work home these days? Or for some of us who work from home, we never turn it off. When I first started my own medical weight loss practice and people asked me about my hours, I would laugh inside. I was basically open for business seven days per week back then. If someone wanted to see me, I'd drive over to the office, even on a Sunday afternoon. And I never stopped checking and answering emails right up until the time I went to sleep at night. Why do we do that to ourselves? It increases the rate of burnout and often leads us down a path toward weight gain. (laughs) You know, I'd circle back to weight eventually. How can we be active 
eat healthy, keep our stress low, get high quality sleep, and maintain social connections when we're overworked. These are things that we need to prioritize for our health and also when we're managing our weight. These are all evidence-based things that impact weight. Think about this. When you pick up your phone and start scrolling through social media, that's a choice about how you want to spend your time too. How do you want to invest your time? That's the starting point, isn't it? How do you want to identify yourself? Does anyone aspire to this label? I'm someone who prioritizes social media so much that I take a month out of each year to flip through Instagram. I don't think so. That sounds awful. And yet if you spend 30 minutes flipping through social media every day over the course of a year, that's 182 hours, which translates to four and a half 40-hour work weeks. Seriously, think about that. I found that math horrifying. And yet it's so easy to do, right? 30 minutes a day on social media or Netflix. That doesn't make us blink until we add it up. But guess what? That's not the worst of it. The average American spent about two and a half hours a day on social media in 2022, which is over 900 hours per year. It's also almost 23 40-hour work weeks when you add it up. Think about that. Yikes. I'm not saying we don't benefit from a little brainless downtime. That does have value. True. I'm just encouraging you to notice how much of it you spend on social media. Making time for my mammogram? Definitely worth the time investment. Making time to cook healthy homemade dinners? That's worth it too. Flipping through Facebook or other social media to the tune of almost 23 work weeks each year, that is mind-numbing and not at all representative of the person I'd like to be. If you're convinced that losing weight is worth the time investment, but you don't see where you can find the time to take care of yourself, I invite you to do a time audit. Just for this week, write down everything you do and how much time you take to do it. That might include everything from time to shower and get ready for the day, to time to run a load of laundry, walk the dog, drive your kid to violin lessons. There's also time to work, (laughs) to run errands, and time to pay bills, for example. When you're done with your time audit, then it's time to dissect it like a scientist. Oh, and by the way, time spent on social media can be hard to quantify because Americans pick up their phones a hundred times each day, and often that leads to a quick check of social media. How do you capture those minutes where you just pick up your phone for a brief moment to look? Well, your phone actually has that data for you. If you have an iPhone, go to the settings and select screen time, then go to see all activity. That will take you to an analysis of everything from how many hours you spend on your phone total to the breakdown of what you're doing when you pick up your phone. Now, back to your time audit. Be sure you include the time spent on the phone, on social media, and so on. Once you've completed that process, set your time audit aside and ask yourself the best question. How do I want to spend my time? My list would include work 
and a daily walk first thing in the morning. Sometimes a walk by myself, other times with a neighbor, a friend, or an AirPod walk with my parents. Occasionally, I like to listen to a podcast while walking. And by the way, thank you for listening to mine. I'm always thrilled when people tell me they use their walking time to listen. That's fantastic, and I'm really honored. Next on my list of how I want to curate my time, I'd like to make my food plan for the day and then make my own lunch while directing my kids to make their own healthy lunches. That would set me up for a successful eating day and it would get my kids to be more independent. I'd walk to the bakery to pick up fresh whole grain bread twice a week so we can have avocado toast or healthy open-faced sandwiches. I'd like to do a regular resistance training workout twice a week instead of just sporadically adding it when I feel like it, and so on. Oh, my dance class, let's add that in too. Now it's your turn to make your own list of how you'd ideally like to spend your weekdays and your weekends. Next, we'll take a look at the valley between the ideal way to spend our time and the current way we spend our time. Don't start crying. It's okay. I know I used to feel like crying when I did a time audit because so often I'd realize I'd slip back into busy habits that weren't enriching my life at all. But that's okay. It's why we do this exercise often. Just say no sweat, reset, and push your reset button. I'd recommend doing a time audit quarterly because you need time and practice to rearrange your schedule and your priorities. The follow-through won't be perfect initially, but like anything, we get good at what we practice. So now that you've identified how you're currently spending your time and how you'd like to spend your time, meaning which tasks matter to you most, how are we going to offload some of the things that keep you from prioritizing your weight and health? This brings me to my five-step process. So step number one is we start with a time audit. Step number two, we set screen time limits for social media, TV, Netflix, any kind of screen time so that you can align with your vision for the kind of person you'd like to be. Use that screen time function on your phone or use an app to monitor your screen time and set and adhere to those screen time limits. Number three in our five-step process, identify low-value tasks that aren't that important to you. And then look closely to decide which of these can be offloaded to others or dropped entirely. An example of this for me is getting my kids to make their own lunches when I make mine. That's offloaded to them now instead of me making lunches for all of us. Another low-value task that I offloaded last summer was driving my kids to summer camp. One of my kids decided to bike, and I hired a college kid who was home for the summer to drive my other kid. It was completely worth the investment and gave me back a lot of time. Doing the weekly big grocery shopping trip is low-value for me in terms of personal satisfaction, and yet it has to be done. I don't mind the little trips to the store, but my husband mentioned that he likes the big shopping trip. Bingo, he owns that task now. One task you might think is low value is mowing the lawn and also shoveling the snow. Most people in my area outsource those tasks, but for me, they're high value tasks. Could it be outsourced? Sure, but I love to mow the lawn and I love to shovel the snow. It's almost meditative. Sometimes I listen to music 
No one is interrupting me. I'm outdoors. I wave to the neighbors. And I appreciate the results of my effort, which is an immediate payoff. So that task I'll keep. It's offloadable. I could delegate it or outsource it, but it's not a low-value task in my life. Step number four. Once you identify the low-value tasks and drop or offload some of them, it's time to identify the things you want to add to your life with your new found time. This is the fun part. Freed up time is like extra closet space, though. It fills up in the blink of an eye. If you're not deliberate about what you'll add in, you're going to miss the opportunity. So what would you like to do more of now that you have some newly discovered time? Let's prioritize some of that for self-care. We'll direct that time towards supporting your weight loss efforts. Maybe spend time each weeknight to pack your lunch for the next day. Time on the weekends to batch cook steel-cut oats or chili or chop up some carrots or other veggies for snack time. Maybe you're interested in taking time to walk with a friend in person or do an AirPod walk with a friend. Or maybe you'd like to try something new, like I'm about to start a rowing class. I'm really excited that I made time for that. Number five on the list is the most important. Plug those high-value activities into your calendar. If you block time to walk each morning at 6.30 a.m., you'll schedule other things around that walk, just like you protect your mammogram appointment or picking up your kindergartner after school. Over time, this calendar block becomes sacred. I have a block every afternoon that allows me to greet my kids when they take the school bus home during the school year and allows me to do camp pickup during the summer. After that one-hour block, I get back to work. That's a one-hour block on my calendar every afternoon. Often my kids just grunt hello and go off to text their friends, in which case I can go back to work early or I use that bonus time to tackle a small project or do something relaxing or supportive for myself. But without that time, I wouldn't be available to chat with my kids when they drop their backpacks and head into the kitchen looking for a snack. These moments sitting around and chatting with them fill my bucket, which is good for my health. When we're relaxed and happy, we have more bandwidth to think about making healthy dinners to support our weight loss goals. So a quick recap, do these five steps to reclaim some time for weight loss. Number one, do a time audit. Number two, set screen time limits on your phone and hop off when you've reached your limit. Number three, identify low value tasks and decide which you can eliminate, offload, or outsource. Number four, identify high value activities that support your weight loss and bring you joy. Number five, Plug those recurring activities into your calendar. Relentlessly block your time for them. And if your calendar is jam-packed this month, just know that eventually that block will be honored as you start to schedule future events around that sacred time. Just like you manage to schedule things around kindergarten pickup. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like more support during your smart weight loss journey, check out our group coaching program at smartweightlosscoaching.com. Until next time, stay well and stay smart.